Hello, this is Cody Sturgill, the pastor at Chilhowee Baptist Church, and you're listening to Keep Thy Heart Daily, a daily broadcast ministry of the Chilhowee Baptist Church. The Bible commissions us to keep our heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. It's so important we put God's Word into our hearts and our lives, and we pray that this message from God's Word will be a blessing and help to you. Your sin affects the folks around you. His sin affected the entire nation. What did he do? He took of the accursed thing. He took of the accursed thing. He brought something into his home that he lusted after and desired, but it was clearly prohibited by God. Folks, if God has prohibited something, by no means allow it into your heart and into your life. I mean, this is very elementary. It's very simple. But we get to the place where we get this idea, I'm old enough. Maybe God understands If God has clearly prohibited something, he does understand. He understands that his prohibition against something is not because he doesn't want you to enjoy life. It is because he loves you and he wants you to be blessed and enjoy life. And if God clearly prohibits something, then by all means do not make an excuse why it's okay. Achan, it's just one thing. It's not all that big. No one will notice. Nobody really knows. Maybe they don't, but God did, and God caused, and God judged the entire nation because of the sin of this one man, Achan's sin. Look what the Bible says in verse number 21. He's confessing. It's called up with him. And he gives us some insight into his sin. Look what the Bible says in verse 21. He says, when I saw among the spoils a goodly Babylonish garment and 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold of 50 shekels weight, then I coveted them and took them. Do you know that sin doesn't start with the most atrocious thing? There's a, pro, there's a process. There's a progression here. Here's the progression. He says, and I've circled these words in my Bible, verse 21, I saw... What did he do? I saw. They had gone and they had went to conquer and work and to defeat. And he saw this silver and this gold and this garment. He saw it. Was there anything wrong with seeing it? No. How many of you have ever accidentally, going down the road, saw something that you wish you hadn't? You know, there's no sin in the first look. The sin is not in, oh, no, that's terrible. The sin is when you go, nobody's looking, peep again. What did he do? He saw something, and what he should have done is he saw it. He should have made a mental note that it was there because that spoil was to go to God in behalf, on behalf of the nation, but it was not to be taken and hidden in his tent. He saw it. He messed up on his second look because he allowed temptation to take place in his heart. The Bible says, I saw, you see the next little thing he did, I coveted. He said, I saw them, a Babylonish garment. He's like, man, we ain't never had anything like this in our house. Gold and silver, I coveted. I wanted it. How's he going to, he didn't think this through. 
I mean, this guy, Achan, he spent the last 40 years in the wilderness. Just so you know, the children of Israel had very little, if anything. For the last 40 years, they hadn't even got a new pair of shoes. God fixed it so their shoes wouldn't wear out. In the last 40 years, they, they were poor people. They, they didn't have this kind of thing. Do you think that Achan was able to take that Babylonian garment and put it in it, take it to his house and hand it to his wife and says, Here, honey, wear this to church on Sunday. Nobody will notice. No. He couldn't even use what he stole. But he coveted it. He's like, I want that. It reminds me of the preacher. He got up on Sunday morning and said, You know, everybody calls in sick to work sometimes. He said, and I don't want to go to church. I want to play golf today. The whole time, the Lord and one of his angels in heaven is watching this whole, this whole thing go down. He picks up the phone and calls one day, and he's like, I'm not going to be able to make it today. And the deacon says, okay, it's fine. As soon as he hangs up the phone, he hurries and gets his golf shorts on, his shoes, and he heads out the door, and he goes to the next town over where hopefully nobody will know who he is. He's playing golf. Man, this is good. He gets on the first tee, and he lines up the ball, and he swings with all this might, and it's the best drive he's ever hit in his entire life. He crushed the ball. I mean, flew through the air and landed right on the green just a few feet from the cup. He puts his first, his first putt in for an eagle on the very first hole. The whole time, this angel by the Lord is just getting nervous. He can't believe this is happening. Second hole, the preacher gets on the par three and hits the ball hole in one. The third hole, two strokes and he's in. And the whole round's going like this. And the better he does, the more anxious this angel's getting. By the way, this isn't biblical. It's just a joke. The more anxious this angel's getting, and finally the angel had all he said. He says, Lord, are you going to let him by with this? And the Lord says, yep. Who's he going to tell? <laughs> and I'm thinking about Aiken. You know, Aiken didn't think this thing through. His wife ain't going to be able to wear that to the grocery store, that's for sure, because everybody's going to know he done stole that thing. He's not going to be able to shave off a little bit of that gold and go buy him something because everybody knows he don't have any gold. He's not going to be able to use any of those silver coins. It just isn't going to work. I mean, it's foolish. Can you imagine how foolish it is? And I'll just tell you something. For us to think that we can get something that is against God and use it and enjoy it, that is a lie from the pits of hell. Because as soon as he stole that stuff, can you just imagine him bringing that stuff and bringing it into his tent? He did not hang it on the wall and display it. He hid it in the floor, in the dirt, in the tent, because he knew what he had done was wrong, but he was so full of wickedness that he continued in his sin, and it cost him dearly. He hid in his tent. He saw, he coveted, and he took. I've circled the word took. In verse number 21, Achan's sin. Achan's sin. It was foolish. As all of our sins and all of our rebellious actions when we rebelled against our God. Achan's sin. Number two, I want to think this evening for just a minute about Achan's opportunity to repent. 
Achan's opportunity to repent. Now, from verses 6 to 9, we meet Joshua's reaction. Now, Joshua's leading this group, and Joshua, you meet him, and you see he's a man of the flesh, and he gets nervous. I mean, 36 of his men have been killed. They've gone down to try to beat this little, little city of Ai, and they've come back with their tails tucked between their legs, and they're everybody scared to death. And Joshua, man, he just throws a little, little fit here. Look what the Bible says in verse number 6. Joshua rent his clothes, fell to the earth upon his face before the ark of the Lord until the evening time. Man, he just goes, and he does right. He goes to the Lord, and he's, he's devastated. What do we do? And he's there with the elders of Israel. The Bible says in verse 7, Joshua said, Alas, O Lord God, wherefore hast thou at all brought this people over Jordan to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us? Joshua reverts back to the way the, the children of Israel were, had talked in years past. He's like, what would you do this for? Why would you bring us over here so we could die? And, you know, we're, why don't we cry babies sometimes? We're, we, we get saved and we trust in the Lord, but then we have something that happens and we get a little bit worried and we get concerned about the future and we whine and cry like big babies. What would you bring me here for, God? We should never doubt the love of God. We should never doubt the purpose of God. Anything God tells, says no to you about, you should just know that he said no to me because he has something that's far better. And anything God says yes to you about, you should, do, you should obey and honor the Lord because you should know and trust that anything God tells me to do, it's right and it's for my good. You don't tell your kids to eat their vegetables because you hate them. You tell your kids to eat your vegetables, their vegetables because you love them and they need to be healthy. You don't take your kids to the doctor so they can get shots. So you say, I hope it hurts real good today. <laughs> you take your kids to the doctor to get shots because you know they need it. And God says, hey, this is, we're doing, this is right. And Joshua's like, did you bring us here to kill us? Joshua, the great leader, that gives me comfort that the leaders have their moments of great weakness. Verse number 7, the end of the verse, he says, Would to God we had been content and dwelt on the other side. of He says, It had been better if we'd just stay on the other side of Jordan. No, it's not better. And then he's worried. He's like, Now I'm worried about all of Israel. He's worried about all the Israelites. They're not going to follow him anymore. Here's what he tells the Lord. He says in verse 8, Oh Lord, what shall I say when Israel turneth their backs before their enemies? He says, What am I going to say when the Israelites won't, won't follow through anymore because they're scared? And then he thinks, he thinks about Israel and he thinks about all the enemies. He's like, And Lord, the Canaanites, in verse number 9, and all the inhabitants of the land shall hear of it and shall environ us round and cut off our name from the earth. He said, They're going to get bold because we've lost a battle. And I, you could just, he's spinning in circles. He's like, Ah, what are we going to do? Have you ever got to that place? Ah! I love what God says to old Joshua. Verse 10, The Lord said unto Joshua, Get thee up. Wherefore liest thou thus upon thy face? God says to Joshua, Get up. Suck it up, buttercup. That's not the inspired version. but He's like, Get up. And he says, look, here's the facts. He says, get up, deal with the facts. Verse 11, God speaking. He says, Israel has sinned 
And they have also transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them. For they have even taken of the accursed thing, and have also stolen and dissembled also, and they have put it even among their stuff. He says, Joshua, therefore the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies, but turned their backs before their enemies, because they were accursed, neither will I be with you any more, except you destroy the accursed from among you. He says, look... It's going to be all right. Here's what happened. And if you'll destroy the accursed thing, if you'll get rid of the sin, then everything's going to be just fine. Get up. Get up. And here's the plan. God says to Joshua in verse number 13, Up. I can see him. He's still laying there. He's got dust on his head. His clothes are rent. He's crying. You know, he's got snot. I mean, he's, this has been a rough morning for Joshua. And he started to get up, and God says, up! Get up! Here's what we're going to do. And God gives this word. He says, sanctify the people. He says, tell them to get clean. Tell them to get right. Sanctify the people. And he says, sanctify yourself against tomorrow. He says, For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, There is an accursed thing in the midst of thee. O Israel, thou canst not stand before thine enemies until ye take away the accursed thing from among you. Verse 14, In the morning, therefore, ye shall be brought. And here's the message that Joshua is to relay to the people of Israel in the evening because tomorrow morning they need to sanctify themselves because tomorrow morning we're going to deal with with the accursed thing. In the morning, therefore, ye shall be brought according to your tribes. What's happening? Here's the plan. Tell Israel, tomorrow morning, God is going to pick one of 12 tribes. The sin is among them. And God is going to let us know. We don't. The Bible doesn't tell us how God lets Joshua and the elders of Israel know. But there's 12 tribes. There's 6 million people or so represented here. 12 tribes, and he says, God is going to pick one of the 12 tribes. And then God is going to pick, the scripture continues in 14, therefore shall be, ye shall be brought according to your tribes, and it shall be that the tribe which the Lord taketh shall come according to the families. We trust this message from God's word has been a help to you. We're studying through the people of the Bible. And I want to let you know of a resource we have available at Chilhowee Baptist Church. It is a sermon series on the people of the Bible. Volume 1, the first 13 sermons of this series are available in full length. You can get those by reaching out to us at chilhowiebaptist.com.